During this time when our illusions of certainty have failed us, we need to look for certainty where it actually is. Hello, this is Christy Bates from Oxford, Mississippi. Welcome to this episode of the Deep South Dharma podcast. This episode will be released Sunday, April 5th, 2020. I want to thank those of you who are supporting this podcast by downloading, listening, sharing it with others. Um, Some point during this pandemic, we passed the mark of 1,000 downloads. So now we're actually into 1,100 or 1,200 downloads so far. So that's really, um, I feel very supported by that, like many of you. I am one of those people who's just happier when I am making things and when those things that I make can be useful to people in some way. So thank you so much for that support. If you would like some additional support, this podcast exists to support you. If you would like some additional support in person with a practice group, the Saturday morning uh, Oxford, Mississippi practice group, of Deep South Dharma is meeting online these days, and you can find the link to that. We meet from 10 to 11 a.m. Central Time, and you can find that link at deepsouthdharma.org. I also am leading um, a midweek meditation on Wednesdays from 11.30 to noon. Uh, Again, that is also Central Time. That one is just a brief um, hello, 20 minutes of various mindfulness practices. It's different every week, so not the same thing over and over. Um, Although kind of the same, the idea is to sit together, to say hi, to have a chance to practice live with other people, and, um, and then sometimes time for a quick hello or a question if anybody has one. But we are done by noon, so so that those of you that are working from home or teaching kids from home or whatever, that you can count on this being a brief, supportive um, offering that begins at 11.30, ends at noon, if you're in Central Time Zone. So with that, I'll also um, just share this, this week's podcast to support you and would welcome any feedback or anything, any questions you have, topics that you are needing support with during this time. And you can give me that, um, those ideas, that feedback by going to anchor.fm slash deep south dharma. And there's a place where you can leave me a voice message there. Thanks. As I sit here recording the podcast for this upcoming weekend, 
I'm sitting across uh, from a calendar that's one of those big yearly planner calendars that's posted up on the wall. And I'm looking at how the the uh, what had been planned for this weekend was um, that I would be would have been if all had gone as planned would have been going to Nashville for the weekend to um, enjoy some uh, music that my daughter would have been playing and also to attend um, a conference. Uh, refer to as Camp T-Lap, a retreat for the Tennessee Lawyers Assistance Program, because the idea was that I would have been speaking for them at one of their workshops. And I'm just really struck as I look at that, how vastly different life looks right now. Uh, Because, of course, I go from there to looking at other things mapped out on the calendar and recognizing, um, you know, how how uncertain uh, it is. And I started to say how uncertain it is over the next few months. But of course, <laughs> as I've talked about in an earlier episode of the podcast, all of it's uncertain. We're just more aware right now of how uncertain it is. During this time when our illusions of certainty have failed us, We need to look for certainty where it actually is. And the Dharma does offer us some bits of certainty in the midst of all of our uncertainties. Now, traditionally, one one way of looking at it, there are a few practices, but one way of looking at it is through the lens of what are sometimes called the three characteristics. I don't know that the Buddha actually had this list in in this way, uh, but he definitely taught on these three things often enough that it's certainly reasonable that somebody put that together in a list. Um, and so there are a few certainties about this, you know, form, about this realm that we inhabit. And they are traditionally taught as anicca, dukkha, and anatta. So impermanence, stress or suffering, and uh, not-self. By which, when I'm contemplating and talking to you about these things, what comes to mind for me is with anicca, we are reminded in the contemplation of anicca, A-N-I-C-C-A, we're reminded that forms are impermanent. So that's our bodily forms, the the shape of our daily life, even our forms of government and commerce. Those are all impermanent. Economies, all that, our, our degree of health. Dukkha refers to the fact that, in part, Dukkha refers to the fact that Inhabiting these forms and maintaining these forms of ours is stressful. And that's true even in the best of times. Um, It's just that there's (laughs) there's always some degree of hassle factor um, in in maintaining these bodies, in clothing, feeding, sheltering them, 
exercising them enough, but not too much, getting enough rest for these forms, but not too much. Uh, and there's just always the feeling, if we look carefully, we see that there is always this feeling of swimming upstream um, to feed and clothe and monitor not only our physical bodies, but all of these other forms that I mentioned. Very often, what's occurring to me right this second is, you know, very often when I speak with people on an individual basis who are struggling with daily functioning in some fashion, part of what is helpful to them is the recognition, is the discovery that what they're feeling is actually quite normal. Uh, what they're feeling and thinking is is not uncommon. It is a hassle. It is difficult. It is, um, and that may not be all it is, right? It may be interesting at times, joyous at times, painful at times, but the fact is that sometimes our suffering is alleviated when we come to recognize that an experience we are having is part of the communal experience. And then we can move on from that to sort of recognizing we don't have to believe everything the mind tells us, right? So the fact is, it can be a hassle to maintain these forms. And particularly right now, we are going through a great deal of hassle, um, changes in routine, limiting ourselves in certain ways, for some people putting themselves in danger to protect the life of others and maintain their forms. Uh, so all of this, all of this happening and that feeling of, of um, swimming upstream with it is, is a natural feeling. But we don't have to believe it then when the mind comes in with the thoughts about that. The thoughts that I'm not doing enough or I'm, I shouldn't have to do this much or it's not worth it or, you know, what a good boy am I, whatever it is we learn that we don't have to buy into any of that and we can just stick with what's my job right now and do that. So we've talked about that some in previous weeks as well. The third characteristic often taught uh, is anatta. Right? So this is sometimes translated as non-self or uh, more accurately as not-self. I found it useful to think in terms the, of the fact that the forms we inhabit are not self, right? This body is not self. My thoughts are not self. My feelings are not self. The particular country I inhabit is not self. The particular economic situation that any of us are in, are in right now is not self. Even our level of health is not self. And so when we, when we come into contact with, really come into understanding and feeling and facing the fact that we have control over none of these things, ultimately. There are some things we can do to 
you know, support our health. There are some things we can do um, as best we can to support ourselves um, in other ways. But we don't have that ultimate control that we sometimes believe that we have. For the most part, human beings seek some kind of certainty without regard to these facts. So that we try to fabricate certainty, we try to get around these facts. And, you know, so even, you know, there's <laughs> there's an aspect, there's a degree to which the calendar on the wall that I'm looking at can be helpful in terms of structuring and, and planning things. And when, you know, sort of all other things being equal can be useful to, for making plans that are beneficial to ourselves and others. But if those calendars become some sort of statement about who we are or what our value is or what our values are, they are woefully inadequate for that. Our conditioning around this, this, you know, trying to work around certainties, trying to build a life and a sense of self and maintain a sense of self without regard to the facts is so strong that we have a knee-jerk aversion to taking our own death seriously. And one of the things that I'm hearing from people quite regularly right now is that the current pandemic situation is, of course, making people more aware of um, our fragility, but also really bringing people into, into closer contact with the realization that death is certain and the time of death is uncertain. No one knows because there's no way to perfectly insulate ourselves from viruses or anything else. No one knows with a certainty whether or not we'll get sick. No one knows with a certainty if we do get sick with this particular virus, if this is what we'll die from. But what we do know, we can know, is that that if you take up the subject of death, usually people will complain that you're being morbid. Um, and what they seem to mean by that really is that you're sort of, you know, ill-mannered or something like that. You know, it's like just sort of gross to, <laughs> to bring up in polite company the fact that this form that we're experiencing is temporary. But the Buddhist taught us that if we ever expect to find a genuine ease of being, a genuine peace of mind that is foundational, then we have to look to the certainty of death to become at home with it. Not death in the abstract, but really to come close, intimate with the reality that we will die. His teachings highlight that the contemplation of death helps to free us from fear. That going, you know, sort of going through that wall of fear to face the reality of death 
can help actually free us from fear and helps shift our values to bring them more in line with what's truly useful, what's real. And it also allows to use whatever is left of this life, whether we have a long time to live or whether we have a short time to live. It allows us to use what's left of this life in a less selfish way, which means we're going to enjoy it more, no matter how long or short a time we have. So even in this time of heightened awareness of our fragility, we can enjoy life more. And by more, I just mean even if it's in brief moments of feeling freedom from suffering, freedom from um, just the, that good feeling of being able to support another, um, bring comfort to another, um, you know, even even if we are one of the sick and dying currently, we have the power to bring a great deal of comfort to the people around us if we are able to face our own death without fear and without extra layers of suffering. There may be pain and discomfort, but with when we're not panicked and fighting death, we actually bring so much ease of being to others around us. We give them a little window into this possibility of being able to face this one absolute certainty that human beings face. Given the possibility of facing that without fear and with a sense of dignity, with a sense of assurance that nothing is being lost that is truly self, that in in passing from this body, in the breakup and decline of this body, nothing is being lost that is truly self. And so by what we start to, to have happen is that we can become more focused on relieving suffering. Now that's both for ourselves and others. The, the project of relieving suffering is just as noble, whether it's for ourselves or for others, because we recognize there's really, there's no way to do it just for one or the other. If we're working on relieving suffering, we're going to relieve suffering for ourselves and for others as well. So when we can be more focused on relieving suffering, then on the question of what's going to happen to me, um, because you know that what's going to happen to this form is that it will eventually break up, it will eventually die then you can move on to other things. You can move on to developing qualities that are lasting. Um, you know, in, in earlier pre-pandemic episodes of this podcast, there are a number of episodes that make reference to the parami, the 10 perfections, the um, uh, also known as the, the qualities of a he- beautiful human being. And so if this is a subject that is sparking something for you, I would recommend that you take a look at those earlier episodes um, just for delving a little deeper into, into that subject of these parami that 
these qualities that can be developed to to help carry us across all kinds of floods of fear and 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 all all manner of suffering. Want to mention also because sometimes it's like okay, well, other than intellectually knowing that I'm going to die, how do I actually you know live with this awareness? And I ran across, I wish I could remember where I read it, but I, but I just had jotted it down on a napkin and part of the napkin got smudged. But the, the, just the reminder um, was that meditation is a skillful means of releasing, helping us loosen our grasp. So anywhere that we are grasping in fear, grasping in, well, greed or hatred or delusion for sure, but just where fear has us grasping at life, grasping for things to get back to normal, grasping for even to this, to our own bodies, regular meditation can help, help us sort of loosen that grasp. It doesn't mean that that basic human you know, desire to preserve our own life isn't going to be there or that it's bad even. But just we want to loosen that grasp. We want to be able to do what we need to do to take care of our bodies as best we can. But we want to be able to loosen our grasp around the parts of all this experience, all of this life experience that we don't have control over. Um, and so that is one of the things that meditation can help us do is to loosen that grasp, to practice being at ease one moment at a time, one breath at a time with the situation as it actually is.
a reminder and an expression of gratitude. The Deep South Dharma podcast is supported not by any commercial endeavors, but by the generosity of some of its listeners. People are generous in listening to the podcast, in sharing it with friends, in offering me feedback or topics that you would like to have discussed or your questions. And people also have been supporting us through Anchor.fm, which allows you to do that at the level of 99 cents a month or $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month. So if that's something that you would like to participate in, go to anchor.fm slash deepsouthdharma slash support. You'll be supporting and inspiring me and also allowing me to devote a little more time to the development of the podcast. And in general, I just want to thank you for your practice, which is good for you, for the world, and leads to peace. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Deep South Dharma Podcast. We hope you'll feel welcome to share this with anyone you think would find it useful. And as always, feel free to message us your feedback, questions, or topics of interest. Until we meet again, take good care of this body, mind, and heart.